God will never work the way you expect him to, especially when it comes to him doing the miraculous. You have got to sacrifice your expectation of God when he doesn't work the way you want him to. You have got to let him work in his weird way because you are about to experience and see something you've never seen before. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys. It is your girl, Autumn Miles. We are back with a brand new series. It's a brand new series. It's a brand new day. God is doing a new thing right here on the Autumn Miles Show. And... I can't wait to dive into this series. We're going to talk about all about Jesus. Jesus's miracles. That's what we are going to talk about. The name of this series, it's going to be this. Do not, do not, don't factor Jesus out. Do not factor Jesus out. God gave me that title in worship last week. I knew I was going to talk about miracles. And how do you get a miracle? Where does it come from? What elements do you need in order to get God to do a miracle for you? What do you need? And so we're going to break down several of Jesus's miracles because there is a weird, extremely weird, but practical way in order to live a life where God is welcomed in to do what God does, which is the impossible. That is starting today after the break. I cannot wait. I just can't wait to dive into God's word. One of my favorite stories in all of the New Testament we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the show. couple little PSAs over here. Number one, we are approaching the holiday season. And I want to just remind you, you know, we're a nonprofit ministry, but we, it takes money to do what we do. Like it takes money. So if you would like to donate to the ministry and this has, this ministry has changed your life or encouraged you or whatever, go to autumnmiles.com and you can find a place on there to donate. We're definitely taking donations, especially through the holiday season and things like that. Number two, if you would like your miraculous story uh, featured on the show, email hello at autumnmiles.com. You guys, I want to fill up one whole show for Thanksgiving of your miracles. What are we thankful for this year? What have we seen God do this year? What have we seen? Send them to me. I want to hear about it. We had a great miracle last week. And today I am actually going to be sharing my own personal miracle at the end of the show. You're not going to want to miss it. You're going to want to hang around for it. So tell me what has God done in your life. Send me a miracle so I can fill up a show with all miracles close to Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, number three, we want you to follow along on social media. 
I used to be really, I never really asked people to engage or to kind of whatever. Cause I don't, I don't know why that bothered me so much. Like, it's like you're begging someone to do something, but here's the deal. Here's what I know. God has used his word in people's lives through this little avenue so much. And, and the Lord himself has encouraged me. Tell people to share. I want you, that Job series, I was just telling the team, my husband is listening back through it. Um, and he's being encouraged by it. He was talking all about, do you guys remember when I talked about the sheep and the enemy coming and taking all of Job's sheep? And he was like, I've never thought about it before that the sheep were burned up and Job might have looked at God and thought, what are you doing? This is the one way I can worship you. We talked about that forever, my husband and I. So I'm even preaching to my husband. Don't even know. You guys share this stuff with your friends, with your sisters, with your small groups. We've had lots of small groups go through these studies. I have seen that you listen in a lot when we're starting a series, okay? You guys kind of know when I take a little breather break. It's like you don't want me to take a break, but mama needs a break over here. You really, really tune in to this series, and I see that you guys, I, we see that. We see that in our numbers. We, they fluctuate when the, we're not in a series. So I see that. So share these series with your with the people in your life that you know might need them, okay? So those are our three calls to action today. Number one, donate. Number two, send me your miracles. And number three, share them with a friend, all right? What is happening in my life? Well, yesterday, I spent a long time with my 15-year-old son. Now, we did not go on a date. We did not go spend time together, you know, in a recreational sense. The time was spent gathering documents to go to the DMV because Jude is getting his driver's permit tomorrow. Yes, he is. By the time you hear this, my son will be on the roads in the state of Texas. He actually told me, hey, mom, when we leave, I'll drive home. And I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not there yet. Okay. I'm not going to let you on a highway just quite yet. Some of you will remember that a couple of years ago, I was the parent instructor for Grace, my daughter. And um, she was parent taught. And I will say, she is an excellent driver, okay? She's had her license now for two years. She just got her license with no restrictions because in the state of Texas, when you turn 18, you have no restri or restrictions, I don't think, on your license. Or something like that. I don't know. If you know, then I got it wrong. I'm sorry. Anyway, she something changed, okay? I vowed I will never, ever teach another one of my children how to drive. And you guys, I apologize because that apparently was a lie because I am teaching Jude how to drive. And um, it's really been an interesting thing. But what happened yesterday was this. Jude actually had to go find all of the documents that you need in order to get your driver's permit. You would have thought I was asking him to go farm land for, you know, in, or something like that. I mean, you would have thought I was asking him to do incredibly hard manual labor. 
all I was asking him to do was, hey, pull up this email and find the registration for the car or pull up this email and find this or go ask your dad for the insurance card or something like that. It was a time, guys. It was a time. Words were spoke. <laughs> Looks were were exchanged. You know, and I thought to myself when I was saying, Jude, you have to do this. He is going to be out of the house in three years, okay? It's not like he's five, all right? He's going to be going to college, Lord willing, in um, three years. And I just thought, man, when you come to reality of turning in college applications and stuff like that, dude, you are in for a rude awakening anyway i am happy to report that why and why does the why does the life the drivers people why do they need so much stuff like why i do not understand three forms of id well i am me okay i'm me like i guess i get it but it's like good lord people we like can we not streamline that process in any way do we need like you know five forms that show you live where you live. I mean, I was like, I don't know. Like, like, dude, go find five things that have our address on it. You know, stuff like that. It was a long process. I made him fill out the application himself. It was a little scary when he said, what do I put when it said marital status? I said, son, you're single. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what that means. Yeah, that's what marital status means. So we... We did have a couple laughs in there, but I'm like, dude, you should know what marital status means. You're 15 years old. Anyway, he is going to be on the roads tomorrow. So, <laughs> Lord willing, Lord willing, if we brought all the forms, can you imagine us getting there and not bringing the forms? That has happened to me before. That happened to me one time. Let me tell you this story, this little sub story real fast. I had to renew my license because we had moved to a different state. And I did not know I was pregnant with Grace. And I went to the DMV and gave them all my forms because that's what I needed. And she looked at me and she said, you don't have all your forms. And I maybe I have PTSD from that. And I started sobbing. <laughs> sobbing in front of her. And I know the lady was like, this lady has lost her mind. And when I left, I thought that might have been a slight overreaction. And um, I got in my car and I thought, something's not right. And I took a pregnancy test. No joke. Two days later, I was I showed up pregnant. And now that, that pregnancy is now 18 years old. She is 18. So <laughs> I have PTSD from going to the DMV and not having all the proper forms because it scares me. It scares me. Not a lot scares me. That scares me. I don't want to get there. I don't want to be told you can't do what you need to do. Anyway, guys, this is happening in my life. Please pray for me. Jude will be on the road and my patience will be worn thin. <laughs> but, you know, he'll be a good driver. Okay, that's what's happening in my life. After the break, we are going to talk all about don't factor God out of your situation. I'll be back after the break. You don't want to miss it. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? 
To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we are back from the break. Listen, I wrote a book. And it was released in 2019, and it was called Gangster Prayer. And one of my favorite things that I write about in that book is the day that God spoke to me so clear. I'll never forget this. He spoke to me so clear. I was watching someone else's life. And I was watching all these miracles happen in someone else's life. And I was getting jealous because I thought, well, of course God does that for them. Like they must be super spiritual. And I started getting jealous that God was working in their life, but it seemed as if he wasn't working in mine. This is years ago. And I remember one day asking God, why in the world? Would you do something for them, but not do it for me? And it hit me. Oh, my goodness. The voice of the Lord came so strong and said, what is a miracle to them, Autumn, can be your normal everyday life. And in when the Holy Spirit speaks to me like that, he kind of gives context I knew exactly what he was talking about. What's a miracle to them and them being everyone. What society, what um, the medical community, what even the religious community call a miracle. What we designate as that was impossible and yet it happened. They call it a miracle. What's a miracle to them can be normal to you. It can be your everyday life. That one thing that the Lord told me, I've never forgot about. And I've lived under the authority of that ever since he told me. Because here's the deal. I don't want to go through, I am never, and I do not want to go through my life with mundane and normalcy and not seeing the power of God, this side of heaven. I've never wanted to live like that. Ever since I became a believer, I thought, God, if you have all this power, if you tell us you have all this power, we see all this power throughout scripture. Jesus came, resurrected the whole thing. Lazarus come forth, all the things. If you have all this power and we know that you do, I want to see it here, here. So I've lived under the weight and under the authority of that word from God 
I had realized at that point when the Lord told me that I had really personally disrespected the power that God wanted to unleash in my everyday life. I had said to him, you know, not with words and certainly not with my mind, but with my actions, you are only welcome in a little bit to my life. Like you could save me from my sins. You can take me to heaven when I die. But as far as everyday happenings, no, I'm going to leave you out of that. And that is exactly one of the reasons why I wanted to do this message. Last week, uh, two weeks ago, I was walking and God told me, was talking to me about a different circumstance in my life. And he said to me, I always want to be your first invitation. And listen, I'm the one who invites God in all the time. I'm like, come here. I can't do this. I'm weak. You're strong. I need you. But God in that moment was reminding me I could have been here quicker. If you would have just let me in, dropped the control, I could have been in here quicker and I could have done something in this situation that would have made it a lot easier for you to handle. I always want to be your first invitation. And I want that for you. I want you not to look at somebody else's life and say, wow, that's so awesome what God is doing for them. But secretly on the inside, you're a little jealous because God doesn't seem to be working like that for you. I want to factor God in to every situation that you have. Listen to what he says so that you can see his miraculous works in your everyday life. The way he does his miracles is weird. It's never going to be the way you want him to do it. What he asks of you is weird. When he works is weird. So the first thing that we have to do before we get into this story right here in Luke is we have to make peace with the weird, okay? God's going to ask me to do some things that don't make sense. The timing is not going to make sense. And the way he, the outcome is not going to really make sense. It's going to be better than what I have even imagined. You've got to start making peace with the weird in your life, the unexpected, the abnormal, in order for you to live a life seeing God's power this side of heaven. People don't want to do that. They want these normal lives. They want to be like their neighbor. And they want to, you know, do the thing. Their kids go to school, you know, dress similar. That No one really wants their life to stand out. I mean, I look at social media and it's, I was just looking at it this morning, looking at you know, all these people doing videos and stuff like that in the fashion world, they all look the exact same. <laughs> I was like, really? You know, we have created this culture of wanting to be different, but kind of, I don't even know how this works. I want you to get comfortable with the abnormal so that Someone can look at your life that does stand out and say, what are they doing different? Because I want a little piece of that miracle. Invite him in. Don't factor Jesus out. Because when you invite him in, when you factor him in, 
to every situation that you have, what they call a miracle will be your everyday life. This will cause people to look at you, question you, but you know what? This is the abundant life. Seeing God's power at work here. So we're going to talk about this all the way up until Thanksgiving. And I think it's going to be good. I want to, can we normalize miracles? Can we do that? You know, <laughs> can we make the mundane and the hard and all that? Can we make that abnormal? And can we make uh, miracles normal? Because that's what I want to do. Okay. I want to go first and foremost to Luke nine. Now this is one of the most famous things that Jesus ever did. It's super chocked full of a lot of different miracles, really. But I want to read it to you because it is going to prove this point so good. What's a miracle to them, you can call your everyday life. Now the day was ending and the 12 came and said to him, send the crowd away. The 12 being the disciples speaking to Jesus. That they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging and get something to eat. For here we are in a desolate place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless perhaps we go and buy food for all of these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Now, I've said this a lot. That was just the men. So you could probably factor about 5,000 women as well. You know, if there's a couple kids in there. I mean, we're talking about fifteen to 20,000 people in total that were sitting there um, listening to him. Okay. But he said to them, let me pick it up in 13. You give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless perhaps we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to the disciples, have them sit down to eat in groups of about 50 each, 15. They did so and had them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and broke them and kept giving them, kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the broken pieces which they had left over were picked up 12 baskets full. Now we've heard this story a lot, but there's a couple things I really want to pull out of this story in regards to the weird miracle and the weird way Jesus did this miracle that can be applied to our lives. Number one, the disciples First and foremost, now the day was ending and the 12 came to him and said, there is a problem. The day is ending. They said, send the crowd away that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside and lodging and get something to eat for we're here in a desolate place. There was a problem. The disciples knew of the problem. Jesus knew of the problem. The disciples came to Jesus, and this is what we do all the time, you guys. They told Jesus what to do. Here's what we're going to do, Jesus. You, Jesus, 
you're going to send them away. So they, they could go into surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging and get something to feed. This is what you're going to do. You, Jesus, are going to fix this problem of them being hungry by sending them away. Everyone knew of the problem, okay? Jesus knew of the problem, and Jesus had his perspective. The disciples knew of the problem, and the disciples had their perspective. But what happens here is what we all do. Hey, Jesus, the people are hungry. So this is what you need to do. (laughs) How many of you guys have had a problem and you immediately say to Jesus, here's my problem. So this is what I need you to do. Send them away. They invited Jesus in. Hey, Jesus, it's getting late. Everybody's hungry. So we need you to do something. But what we want you to do is what we tell you to do. (laughs) And then they just stood there and they waited for his response. You guys, this hit home so much because I look at these disciples and I think, wow, that was super bold and really annoying. <laughs> like They are talking about, they're talking to the resurrection and the life, okay? They're talking to Jesus who at this point, they all were, had been called by him. They've seen him do a bunch of stuff and the disciples came in to direct Jesus to do what they thought appropriate for Jesus to do. And then they waited. I told you at the beginning that the way to a miracle is weird. And what Jesus asks you to do is often weird. If you're living a life of what is normal, I don't know that you'll ever see something like this. You have to be open to the weird. When we tell Jesus the, the problem is food and we need you to send the crowds away. Or my problem is finances and I need you to give me a raise. My problem is finances and I need you to give me a new job. Whatever it is that you are instructing Jesus to do. Could it be that your instruction is not what he wants to do? Maybe you're expecting God to work the way you instruct him to work and he wants to do something like a miracle and maybe he isn't answering your instruction because he knows it ain't the best send the crowds away well guess what jesus doesn't want to do that he doesn't want to work that way he's jesus he can do whatever he wants but so often guys we get so obsessed Jesus, I want that man. I want that man. I'm believing for it. I'm praying for it. I'm circling around him. I'm believing for it. Asking you shall receive, blah, 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 blah. But what? If God has a man that is 20,000 times better for you than the one you're praying for, do you want what you instruct of God? Or do you want what God instructs the world to give you. Sometimes we stop at the miracle because of our own instruction. That's so good. 
What if Jesus would have said, okay, <laughs> little beta Jesus. Okay, guys. Okay. I'll send all the crowds away. Go, go. Okay. Good idea, guys. I couldn't have come up with that myself. Good idea, guys. Go on. Send them away. 20,000 people would have been dispersed. Who, who even knows where? I mean, when it's late, you know, and they were walking, so it was late, they had to make a little trip. They're in a desolate place. We already know that. So they make a little trip somewhere. And then, you know, they have to sit down. And you know how it is when you order food, you have to go and you have to buy something to eat. And then it's like a couple hours. And then, you know, you have to find somewhere to sleep because what if you don't live in the area? You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole thing. He could have said, great idea, guys. That's a good idea. We should do that. But this is what I love about Jesus. When he wants to step in and do a miracle, he will ask you to do something super weird. This is what he does. Verse 13. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. Okay. He didn't say, oh, that's a good idea. Congratulations. You have an A in this little suggestion of yours. Good A for effort. Good job. He completely disregarded everything that they said. And this is why God is so amazing. He didn't talk to them. He didn't talk condescendingly to them. He didn't say, well, that's a really stupid idea. Okay. I mean, I could do something so way better. You're talking to Jesus Christ. Okay. He didn't say any of that. He answered them with this. You give them something to eat. Well, that's weird. That's strange. That doesn't fit with the narrative of God, you being able to do everything. You want me? You want me to participate and help along you doing something? You want to call me out? Like I have something like you're not just going to make a man appear on my front door. Like I have to go out and I have to be who I, I, I have to change in order to get that. You uh, no, no. Yes. You give them something to eat. All of a sudden they realize, Oh, Jesus ain't going to play by my rules. He's not going to take commands from me. He's up to something. Every time God asks us to do something weird or out of the ordinary, he is up to something. We can quickly say to God, no, I'm not going to, I don't have any food. No, I'm not. No, no, Jesus, you're way off base. Or we can lean into the weird. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, there was a dialogue there. We have no more than five loaves and two fish unless perhaps we go and buy food for all of these people. Now, they're human, so they have questions. We have five loaves, we have two fish, unless we go ourselves into the towns, buy food, and bring it back, okay? The dialogue is where the miracle began to happen. You give them something to eat. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm up to something way better. You give them something to eat. Okay, Jesus. Okay, I see you're getting excited. But we only have five loaves and two fish, you know, like, uh, unless we go buy food. And he said to them, again, not addressing. He said to the disciples, have them sit down to eat. 
in groups of about 50. Now, this is weird. Go out and have everybody sit down. Get them in a group of about 50. So they are collecting all of these, you know, what, what, 15 to 20,000 people. They're kind of collecting together in groups of 50 people. He doesn't say go buy food. At that point, he doesn't say, give me the fish and give me the loaves. He says, just have everybody sit down. You ain't going anywhere. So already, what the disciples suggested to Jesus, he already rejected by that simple statement. Send the crowds away. And Jesus says, have them sit down. God will never work the way you expect him to, especially when it comes to him doing the miraculous. You have got to sacrifice your expectation of God when he doesn't work the way you want him to. You have got to let him work in his weird way because you are about to experience and see something you've never seen before. The disciple says, send him away. He said, have him sit down. Already, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's weird. But they followed. They did so, and then they had him sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and broke them and kept giving them to their disciples. Okay, after they had all sat down, he then takes the five loaves and two fish. And we know from other accounts that it was from Little Boy that shared his lunch. And I've talked about this lunch a lot over the years. He takes the five loaves and he takes the two fish. And he does something. He broke them. He, excuse me. He blessed them. Then he broke them. I've talked so much about the order of that blessing and breaking. I could go into that, but I'm not going to. He blessed them and then he broke them. And kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people. So I want to have this picture of Jesus. He completely rejected everything the disciples wanted to do because he is up to his own thing. He takes these five loaves and two fish into his hands. They're now not in the disciples' control. They're not holding the five loaves and two fish anymore. I don't know where the boy is. He's probably watching going, Ooh, this is good. This is about to be good. <laughs> but he takes the five loaves into the fish and he says, give them to me. Got him. He's got him. He took him. He's got him. He's holding them because he has a plan for them. He looks up to heaven and he blessed them and broke them and kept giving them the disciples. He is introducing here something that I want to call Jesus math. I was reading this story um, and just in preparation for, you know, teaching you guys about this today. And I realized, you know, <laughs> I get so frustrated with my kids math, even like the third grade, you know, they come home and I'm like, this is not the way I learned how to do math. And I know you've heard that talked about. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's like all the math people in the whole world got together and were like, let's really annoy the parents of all the kids that we're going to teach math to. I don't know who the math people were that changed the math. But can we please change it back? Because it doesn't make sense the way you change the math. 
Haven came home and she's she's we help her with her math and um she was talking about something with subtraction. I'm like, that's not what it's called. She's, yes, mom, it is. I said, babe, no, it isn't. I am 43 years old. It's not called this. Yes, mom, it is. Called, I promise you it's called this. And Moses comes in behind us and he was like, yeah, mom, that is actually what it's called. And I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. And that's when I realized they changed all the math. They've got this new math thing going on. And Jesus here has got these five loaves and two fish that were given to him. You got to give it to him. Whatever that problem is, whatever you have, you've got to let him take possession of it. He was given this lunch and then he does something so ridiculous. (laughs) He holds it. And then he breaks it, or blesses it, excuse me. He blesses it. And then he broke them. And this is a math. You know, you talk about the new math not making sense. This math is supernatural Jesus math that will, on your best day as a mathematician, (laughs) will never make sense. This is something that we cannot define Because supernatural power gets involved. We don't know how it happens. Because God unleashes his authority over multiplication here. (laughs) That absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. It is, by definition, a miracle. He does something here that shows us how to practically approach him with a need that we have. The need was hunger. They were hungry. We have to eat to live. That's a need. God promises to meet our our needs. So he's given a little amount. And let me tell you, this is not the first time that we have seen God multiplying things, providing. We saw the woman with the oil We saw God multiply the oil as she brought the pots to provide for her and for her family. We saw God with the nation of Israel provide manna and quail virtually out of nowhere. We have seen God multiply fish for Peter. We have seen Jesus multiply and produce wine from water. So this is something that he does on a regular basis. When he is invited in to a situation of lack, he says, I know the problem. Give me what you do have. I know you don't have enough food to feed all these people, but what do you have? Give it to me. Take your hands off of it and put it in my hands. What do you have? I know you, you'll you never have enough. You'll never be able to buy enough. So, because I am enough, what do you have? And he puts these two little five loaves and these two fish in his hands. And what will never make sense to us is seen in real time. 
I wish I could explain a miracle, but then it wouldn't be a miracle. He begins after he blessed them and broke them, handing helpings of these fish and loaves one by one to the disciples, multiplying and doing something that they had never seen done quite like that before. It's called Jesus math. For all you practical people out there that need to make sense of everything, guess what? This is where faith comes in. It's not going to make sense. So you have to practically tell yourself, God's going to provide. I don't know how. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know how he's going to do it. And I don't have to know. That is practical. Faith is very practical when it comes to meeting a need like hunger. I don't know how you're going to provide and I don't have to. But I'm going to give you what I have and I'm going to ask you to bless it and break it and give it back to me multiplied. He started handing them to the disciples. Verse 17 says, and they ate and were satisfied and the broken pieces which they had left over were picked up 12 baskets full. We talked about uh, what 12, even last week, we talked about 12. And one of the things that 12 means is a number of authority showing you God has authority over everything. Divine authority is one of the things that it means. And Jesus is saying right here, I've got authority over this. And I am going to do what I want to do over this situation. Jesus math, practical people, accountants, it ain't going to make sense. There's not a line item for that. <laughs> You're never going to get to it. You're never going to be able to figure out it out. It's never going to be practical. But agreeing with the fact that this is not going to make sense will help you. Okay. Because even all my practical people out there want to see a miracle. Can I get an amen? Number one, you've got to invite Jesus in. The first thing that we saw the disciples doing, they welcomed him in. Number two, his instructions will be weird. You give them something to eat. What? Uh, what am I going to do? Like we got five loaves and two fish. And Jesus looked at those five loaves and two fish and he said, okay, that's enough. I just need what you have. Number three, your solution about the problem and God's solution about the problem will always be different. If you could instruct God and say, God, I want you to do things this way, and he just did it, how would that be a miracle? You would be in control of it and your own mind would be able to dream it up. God wants to do something that's even going to blow your mind. And that's what he did here in this story. The problem was the same. Yeah, people need to eat. But the solution was vastly different. Are you willing to surrender what you think is the best solution to usher in the miraculous hand of God in your situation? Are you willing to do that? Three steps practically. Invite Jesus in, 
understand his instructions will be weird and understand that your solutions will be very, very different, but yield to his because his is always going to be better. I want to tell you just a little story um, about me, my own self that I think is, you know, pretty incredible. I was telling Amanda this morning as we were going through uh, what we were going to talk about today. I said, I got to tell you this. A month ago, we have two air conditionings in our house. Uh, air conditioners, one for the upstairs, one for the downstairs. A month ago, our air conditioning went out at the worst possible time, I might add. Totally went out. And we went and got a quote, and it was, like, so stupid. <laughs> it was, like, I don't know, like, $15,000. Like, we, were, we were like, when he left, we Eddie and I, like, laughed at each other. We are like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I don't know. Was he going to put in gold in our house? Like, what in the world is going on? You know, we're, just, we're not going to do that. No. So we got another quote from another really precious guy. And his was significantly less. Like $10,000 less, which just made me mad at the first guy. Anyways, and we, we actually got another quote from somebody else. And we were, we, listen, Eddie and I were about to make a decision because we live in Texas and you never know when it's going to be a hundred degrees outside. You just never know. But I was looking at the weather and it got significantly colder the day we were going to make a decision, you guys. This is how crazy God works. The day we were going to make a decision, I looked at the weather and it like dropped down to like 50 degrees here. It was cold. And I thought to myself while I was looking at the weather, oh, this is interesting. This comes at a time where we need to <laughs> spend money on a new AC or fix, fix our AC. And while I'm looking at the weather, God said to me this. I want you to wait. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It's weird. God, why would you want me to wait for this? So crazy. It's weird. And God said, I want you to wait. I'm doing something. Now, luckily, it has been really cool in Texas. And again, miraculous. So we haven't, it hasn't been hot. So we've, I've had the windows open every single day and it's been awesome and I absolutely love it. But last week, and this is, this happened like three weeks ago, last week, out of nowhere, and I mean the vault of my brain because I just don't think about this stuff. All of a sudden, I remember this home warranty that we have. And I texted Eddie and I'm like, do we still have a home warranty? And Eddie said, that is so weird. Weird that you would even text me that because A, you don't think like that. And B, I just thought about that yesterday. So I said, call him. Let's see if we still have it. Turns out we do. The guy came out yesterday. He said, this is what's wrong with it, which all the three other people told us, us the same thing was wrong with it. So he was like dead on. And the home warranty is going to cover our air conditioning that I forgot that we had. I didn't even know we had when we had this problem. I submit that to you because when the AC died, I thought, Lord, I know this is going to be a big fix. You're welcome to come in. You're welcome to speak. You're welcome to direct. You're welcome to do whatever it is you want to do. Come on in. And what God said to me was weird. Wait, just wait. 
And in a time when I was, I guess, listening that day, he spoke to me. I listened. He had told Eddie the same thing the day before. And now guess how much we have to pay for our AC? Nothing. What's a miracle to them will be your everyday life. How did we just save ourselves all that money? We just did it God's way. And that's what I'm saying, guys. Could we have gone ahead and fixed it? Yes, we could have. But God specifically said, Autumn, I'm doing something. I want you to wait. Just wait. When we're submitted and we say, God, we need, we need this AC, obviously. Or I'm going to give you this problem. It's in your hands now. You deal with it. He does something miraculous. Did he know that whole time that we had the whole warranty? Yes, we didn't. We forgot. <laughs> but God has a way when we truly invite him in of doing things his way, which is always better. Don't factor Jesus out and invite him in. That's what we're going to be talking about the next few weeks. I hope this encouraged you today. Lord, we love you today. I pray for that person today that is like, I hear what you're saying, but this is so hard to live out because I'm so practical. I pray, God, that you would encourage that heart and you would remind them how practical faith is, the result of faith. I pray, Lord God, that you would remind them that you will walk them through, just like you didn't abandon the disciples, you walk them through every single step to get all that food to feed those people. Remind them, you're going to be with them. You're going to walk through it with them. And they're going to be able to witness something that is miraculous. We invite you in to our situations, to our lives, God. We invite you in. Come in. Come in. Come in. So that we can have lives, Lord God, that represent your power, this side of him. Come in, God. Give us courage to act on the weird asks that you have of us. Come in so we can experience your glory. Show us your glory. This side of heaven, in Jesus' name, amen. I will see you guys right after the break. I actually am the story today. I have an amazing, miraculous story. Another one that I want to share with you after the break. So come back after the break to hear it. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Every day, 
a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okie dokie, guys. We're back. I'll get my testimony here in just a second. But we do have a question. And I just answered a question a lot like this, like a couple of months ago, I think when we went into school. But I'm going to I'm gonna alter it a little bit. I'll read the question that was sent. But then I'm going to alter it a little bit because I did just answer a question a lot like this. But we liked this question. Keep sending them and like keep sending them in because I, I want to answer them. I'm afraid to send my kids to public schools because of what I know they will encounter there. But I also don't want to keep them in a bubble because that's simply not reality. I want to prepare them, but don't know how. How do you parent when you want to send your kids into the world, but as their mom, you're actually afraid? Okay. I answered one similar to this a couple of months ago, and I want to alter it just a little bit. Um, this parent clear, I don't have a name. This parent is clearly struggling with just what we're seeing in the world today. Okay. All of the craziness, all of the, um, different ideologies out there, you know, the political stuff, the wars, all of those things. And when you look at parenting, I want to just say something. I know parenting has always been incredibly difficult and this, this season of parenting is really the same that, you know, our parents went through different things and our grandparents and our great grand, they all went through different things. My goodness. I mean, there was a great depression in there. There's all sorts of stuff in there, wars in there, all sorts of stuff in there, but I can understand why this question is asked because right now parenting Facing the society is overwhelming, okay? There's, it seems like there's so many things that you have to instruct or correct your kids on that they may be hearing from their friends, they may be hearing from social media, or they might just be inundated with messages on TV, okay? Parenting right now can feel scary, afraid, she is afraid, or completely overwhelming. However, let me remind you, you were called to such a time as this. You were born, you are a parent right now. This is your time to lean into the power of God, not to pull away afraid, cowering, being too overprotective, being the helicopter parent. This is a time for you to lean into the Lord. And I say that because of this. I parent my kids, uh, not differently. It's all the same method. But the foundation of our parenting, all four of my kids couldn't, every single one of them is totally different. Totally different. Okay. But I start with the same thing with all of them. And this one factor is what's going to help you be successful. Holy Spirit-led parenting. This is what that is. Everything that we are facing, you have the privilege of asking our helper, the Holy Spirit, to give you wisdom in how to approach those things with your children. 
Your the Holy Spirit knows your kids better than you do. And he knows how to parent that kid better than you do. He is the good father. He is the father. Father God, God the Father. Well, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 3 in 1. He has the wisdom. He holds the wisdom that you need to parent your children successfully in today's world. Successfully. Your job as a parent is to be a good, open child of God and ask the Lord for his wisdom. I do this every single day with my children, every single day. All four, they could not be more different. Grace, so different than Jude. Jude is totally different than Moses. And Moses is totally different from Haven. All four of them are completely different. But the Holy Spirit knows exactly what those four babies need on a day-to-day basis. Your job is not to cower in fear, not to control, not to be overprotective. Now, listen, you got to put boundaries and all the things like I'm not saying any of that. But when it comes to some of these really hard things that we that scare us, they do not scare God. And he has the perfect answer in order to calm you down and parent them with wisdom. Lean into that. Okay. That's how I'm going to answer it because there's a lot of other practical things that I could say, but there is nothing more practical than seeking the Holy Spirit on how to parent your kids, period. There is not an Instagram account out there that's better. No. It is the Holy Spirit, the power of God, listening and obeying whatever he says. I had a just a sense about my one of my sons the other day, and I actually asked him, and the Holy Spirit had been just speaking to my heart about him. And I wait, I'll wait like a couple of days unless I have a direct order from the Holy Spirit. I'll wait and let it just kind of marinate. And it'd been a couple of days and I had been, I just had had this feeling about one of my sons. I was like, okay, Lord, what is this? Speak to me. I'm listening. What do, what do I need to do? And Sunday afternoon after church, I had been praying. There's something there, Spirit, that you want me to poke on a little bit. Sure enough, Sunday after church, this son comes in, sits down and says, Hey mom, I need to tell you something. I need to talk to you about something. And it was a conversation I knew exactly when he came down and he sat down, I knew exactly that the Holy Spirit was drawing him in to sit down to talk to Eddie and I about something that he was dealing with. And we were able to talk out a great conversation, dealt with it and moved on and it was handled. Okay. But the Holy Spirit is who prompted me that that was coming. Nothing else. Lean into his leadership, lean into his parenthood in your life. And you have nothing to be afraid of. You've got nothing to be afraid of. Okay. Okay. That was a really long answer, but I like that answer because that is what answer I would give everybody. Okay. Testimony. I have to tell you something. This is so crazy. I have been allergic to tomatoes and to bell peppers for uh, about, oh, Jude is 15, so about 14 years. I found out right after I had had him that I was allergic. I used to love bell peppers and tomatoes. I would eat them all the time, even jalapenos, chilies, all that kind of stuff. Um, And we live in Texas, so Tex-Mex is king over here. But um, 
every year for my birthday, which is in September, I ask God for a gift that cannot be bought with money. I want a gift from God. Every year I do this. Every single year. And I started doing it a long time ago. And crazy things happen on my birthday. It's, it's, they're wonderful things. Like Haven stood up and walked on my birthday. She didn't walk for 15 months. I was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to get this kid to walk? She stood up and she walked on my birthday. I have had so many crazy things happen on my birthday because I prayed this prayer, right? So I was asking God, you know, God, I want a gift from you. I have hated this allergy for all these years. Hated it. Completely hated it. After my birthday, I ate something and unbeknownst to me, there were peppers in it. And I found out later. And you know, when you have a food allergy, it's like you kind of freak out. But my allergy, the reaction happens instantly. And I found out there were peppers in it, but nothing happened. And I was like, well, this is weird. <laughs> and I told Eddie and he was like, wow, that is really, really weird. Um, and I thought, and I just kind of filed it away and it was like, you know, not really a big thing. And a couple days later we had something that I knew had peppers in it. And I thought, maybe I'll try that just to see if there's a, like a reaction or not. I, I don't think I tried it that night, but soon later we had something else in our home and I tried it with no reaction. I kept trying little things here and there with no reaction. I have reacted to peppers and tomatoes for years, like since, like I said, Jude was one. The other day I said, I think I'm going to try a taco. <laughs> we went, we sat down, we ate Tex-Mex for the first time in 14 years. I can't eat it outside the house because Eddie will make it for me without it. I had no reaction to the Tex-Mex. It was so crazy. Sunday, we went again, and I ate it again with no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> and I know that that maybe that's like whatever, but for you to be allergic to something that is in everything for so long, and all of a sudden, you not experiencing the symptoms to that, and it was crazy. It has been a crazy couple of weeks because... I just feel like that's what God gave me for my birthday. You were allergic to this. You hated this. I'm going to take this away from you. And so far, so good with all of that. So that is my story for today. That is why I say invite Jesus in to everything in your life and let him have his way. Um, because miraculous things happen. Okay. I love you guys. I will see you next week for week two of this series. Have an awesome week. I will see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. From her books and past episodes to her video series, we've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide. 
and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Autumn Miles Show.